Hey everyone, thank you for uh, joining us this week. Uh, I just wanted to front load a couple uh, orders of business here. Uh, this week's episode, we have some very lovely guests. Uh, the band Sweet Trip called in uh, to join us this week. Uh, we actually did a two-part episode. So this is part one. If you want to listen to part two, that will be on our Patreon feed. So if you don't know about our Patreon yet, just go to patreon.com slash YWDAP to check that out. That will be out later uh, this week, probably on Friday or so. Um Number two is uh, we always forget to plug the Discord server. We do have a Discord. It's very chill and lots of good vibes in there. So um, I just wanted to uh, make a quick uh, announcement before we started to uh, remind everyone to join the Discord and the Patreon for the full experience. Links to both of those are in the episode description. All right. Thanks, guys. Enjoy this week's episode. Vehicle passing through the street. Just showing each other our scabs and stuff, like, yeah. or scars oh, yeah. from back then. Yeah. Like my hand here, and then yeah. <laughs> battle scars. What's what's the worst injury you guys have had? Um, let's see. For me, hmm. I stepped hmm. on a, a nail like this this long, oh and it went God. through my entire foot. What? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. It totally went through my foot, but That's I had to ride my right bicycle there. back home because I was riding my bicycle and oh. I went to an um, industrial area where all these um, warehouses were. And I was just, you know, trying to see, oh, free, cool stuff. So I was walking in, I didn't see this board with all these nails on them. And I just stepped on it, went right through my foot. I couldn't move at first. So I was like, why can't I move my feet? And then oh I realized, my. oh, shoot. And I had to put How old were you? My, my foot up. I think I was 19. Wow. 18, 19. Yeah. I had wow. a, uh, when I was, when I was in sixth grade, I was in the school marching band and we had band camp over the summer and I was running in the band room and I slipped on a deck of cards and I, uh, I <laughs> fell and I was like, oh, my foot hurts. I think I'm all right though. And then I went around for like a week, like riding on the pegs of my friend's bike, skateboarding. And then it got to a point where I was like, I can't walk. And I went and there was like a hairline fracture on one of the bones oh, in my yikes. foot. Yeah, it was crazy. But I like I lived, I lived a week. Yeah, it was the most embarrassing way to break your foot is to slip on a deck of cards. <laughs> I would say. Did you say you lived a week? Did you die afterward? I didn't, didn't come back I was, alive. You know, I was like eleven, so you know. Then I had to tell everyone. They're like, "Oh, you have a cast. Like, what happened?" I'm like, "Oh, I like slipped on a deck of cards." <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's crazy. I think my I think my my worst injury, which is actually it actually doesn't sound that bad, but it's it's pretty impressive to me. Um, but I was riding my bicycle uh, on my way home, and I was going at like seventy thousand miles per hour, <laughs> and <clears throat> and a stupid ass gray cat ran in front of me. I tried not to hit it, and I just like totally like just totally went like skidding all over oh, the, no. the the street into the middle of an intersection, and then it was like. <laughs> Four ways, like luckily, all all cars coming from all four directions stopped. Oh dear! Uh, before they they hit me, um, got on my bike, walked home, 
And then the next day I went to take a shower and my entire, uh, my, well, not my entire leg, but like from my knee all the way to my left butt cheek, my entire, that whole section was blue, like Ooh. completely blue. It Ooh. was like, wow. it was really awesome looking, but <laughs> you're like, this is sick. <laughs> I think the weed whacker incident would be like worse. Oh yeah. Right. I had a weed, a weed whacker incident where, uh, I, <laughs> I noticed Robbie had all these scars on his leg where why he wore shorts. Like, what happened to you? And he told me <laughs> it was a weed whacker that yeah. basically <laughs> shredded his A rogue weed whacker. <laughs> and it just went like ta 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 for like five, yeah, ten minutes or so. Up. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. and then obviously like sometimes I, I don't react as quickly. So I was like, what's going on? Oh, right, a weed whacker. Oh right, blood on my on my calf. Great, <laughs> dude. No good. I had a uh, I pulled a drawer out in a year after the foot incident. The other foot actually, I pulled a drawer out of my cabinet and the whole thing fell out and like fell on my foot and my uh, my toenail turned like black and blue and like fell off. You know. Oh, oh my god, that's painful. Holy, that's one of the worst. middle school was. It was painful for me. You know, emotionally, physically. <laughs> My yeah. feet yeah. destroyed. <laughs> Can I tell you the slip inside story? Please do. It, I'm so intrigued. It's the most fucked up story of all time. Wow. Really okay. Okay. Were there rocks underneath it's or something? Not, dude, I, I, w- I wish it was rocks, dude. Oh. Um, so <laughs> I think like the slip and slide was, like, was on top of a fire. It was yeah. on a campfire. No, right? the slip and slide was on top of a bed of glass. Apparently, someone had broken a glass in the backyard and I guess like it was like it like rained. So it's like you didn't see it. So it was like kind of buried under like the topsoil or whatever. But like as the topsoil got wetter from like the slip and slide or whatever, I was going on the slip and slide. I swore like I just like there was a stick under it or something and it just like hit me a little bit. I straight up like looked down. I was just like slit. Right on my stomach, like from chest to here. I remember walking in and telling my mom, I'm like, I'm going to go lay down for a little bit. She was like, what are you going to go lay down for? And I like moved my hands. She was like, no, you're going to the fucking hospital. And I was like, damn, all right. Had to get a lot of stitches. Wow. Was it it a big cut? Yeah. I have like this crazy scar from like here to here. It's pretty gnarly. I'm having like a, I'm like. Like the floodgates are opening, and I'm thinking of like every injury I ever got now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I some luckily, of them are so embarrassing. Knock on wood, I haven't had too many big injuries, but my most memorable one was in third grade. Um, there was a big pile of snow at the school near the playground, and you know, of course, when it snows and you that they they plow all the snow and pile it up, that's more interesting than like the actual playground. So all the kids were playing on it, and. Um, me and my friend were doing this very fun game where we would run up the the little hill and then slide down on our stomachs. Like we'd like, whoa, like trip and fall and like slide down like on our stomachs. I tripped and fall and fell and my mouth smacked what was basically now like packed in snow or ice. My tooth went through oh. my lip. <gasps> mm. And awful. My, it was like stuck in there for like a minute oh or two gosh. and i was like uh what and so then i had to get like two or three stitches and i only have a tiny scar there it wasn't really that bad it was just so shocking but um being a third grader it was like Dude, very that uh, happened alarming. to me a couple years ago at champs at the vegan diner in new york you were running working. up and down the snow pile outside of champs <laughs> no i was inside i was, cha- champs. I was inside, changing okay. this I was changing out this massive bucket of ice cream for like the sundaes and the, the milkshakes uh-huh. and shit. And there's like a little freezer and the, the ice cream scoop was on the board. There's like a sandwich board for making the salads right next to it. And uh, when I dropped the tub into the freezer, like the, <laughs> the ice cream scoop shot up and hit me in the lip. And my, oh. my lip, like my tooth went through my lip like a little bit. And I was like, oh. I turned to like the, my coworker who was like the guy in charge, but he wasn't like a manager or anything. And I was like, yo fish, like <clears throat> this the ice cream scoop just like hit me in the lip and my tooth like went through my lip. Like, what should I do? And he was like, I don't know. Let me go call the owner. And the owner was, he was like, 
you could probably use stitches, but you don't need it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it was like a day before I was going home for like Thanksgiving to see my parents. Like the, the oh. second year I moved to New York mm-hmm. and uh, it was, uh, like, it was Mom, not Dad, fun. It's a rough place. These ice cream scoopers <laughs> are very dangerous in the city. There mm. was that, but then I was also thinking back to in ninth grade, I was trying to be like an actor and I went to like a, uh, an audition for a Honey Nut Cheerios commercial and they were like, can you drive a go-kart? And I was like, yeah, totally. I can drive a go-kart. And uh, I, I crashed the go-kart into the rail, but the rail, the go-kart went like under the rail, mm. like it was like race car shaped and it, the rail like came up and like scraped my arm. So I have like a <gasps> scar right here on my inner arm and it was like bleeding, but I didn't mm. want to like look like I didn't know what I was doing, even though I had just crashed. So I like pulled my sleeve <clears throat> down. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. Like, let's go. <laughs> could have got those honey you, Cheerio workman cop like, box, General Mills. You could like see, see the white. Like it was like mm. red, but there was like yeah. white and it's, mm-hmm. there's a scar and it's like over my like veins. Like so I'm always mm. like sketched out that something's going to go down with my like, left arm. But, uh, yeah, honey, Nut Cheerios. I did not get the commercial. I will That's say sucks, I, did not, I did not book it. And you took the pain out of it too. You could have got into formula one doing go-karts. I'm getting <laughs> yeah. into formula one right That's now. That's how they all started. Though. I know. Formula Absolutely. One guys. Yeah. yeah. And they, they weren't they, under they the they pressure of the together. Hollywood studio execs <laughs> learning, you know? Well, and you, anyway, and you, and you, and you s- did not cheerio at all. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't sweet. It wasn't a balanced morning for me at all. Absolutely um, not. Uh, well, I want to say thank you guys for coming on. Everyone, thanks for listening to another episode. You wouldn't download a podcast. Today, we have Sweet Trip with us. I'm a huge fan. Thank you guys for coming on, Robbie and Valerie. How are you guys doing today? Thanks yeah. for having us. We're good. Yeah, it's nice Not out injured. here in California. Um, yes. Yeah, we're... Well, I got burned yesterday. Oh, oh God. okay. My, I spoke too soon. I spoke too soon. <laughs> it was my mom's crock pot thing. And it's an older kind of piece you just rub against it. Oh. It'll burn you. And I was telling yeah, her I, that I, I was telling her that I was trying to wipe uh, as much of off of my foot when I until I realized that it was a bruise. So I was like, ah, forget this. <laughs> so that, so that, that's yeah. that's how the whole bruising and injury. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> right. Of course. We're good, though. We're happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, it's it's awesome to see Sweet Trip in the world in 2021. You know, I um, I became a fan when I was in uh, high school, like early high wow. school. I I went to um to the record store. My parents drove me. It was like I'm I'm from a suburb before Lauderdale, but it was like in Fort Lauderdale. So it was like a trek, but I would go to like CD warehouses and buy UCDs and then go to this like indie record store called Uncle Sam's. And I went up to this guy that worked there, this dude, Kai, he was like in this cool band. And he was like, I knew his cousin went to my high school and I asked them if they had uh, this album that I had listened to online. I had like downloaded, but when I would find music, I wanted to buy the physical copy of like cool random shit. So I asked them at the store if they had uh, this album called Version by Adam Forkner. If you guys are familiar with Version, it was like bracket, 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 V, V, R, S, S, N, N, bracket, bracket. Very like... No. Lots of punctuation. <laughs> very uh, early 2000s like indie type spellings. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and he was like, no, we don't have that. You know, this guy, Adam Forkner, he did, like, White Rainbow. He had a bunch of, like, electronic, like, IDM-type things. And he was like, no, we I know that. We don't have it in the store. But you need to check this out. And he gave me um, Velocity Design Comfort. And that's when oh. I found you guys. And oh, that cool. shit, it was probably, like, 2005. <clears throat> and that cool. shit, like, blew my mind. Wow. Like, that, uh, that's amazing. That's like, that's like going to the butcher shop asking for a filet mignon. And they're like, we don't have that. But here's a burger patty. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no way, no way. I would say, you know, like I like that version record, but over over time, you got you guys have held up a lot more personally for me than that Forkner work. Mm. Nothing to him, but you know, it's a whole different thing. You can't really get what you guys do anywhere else because mm-hmm. you guys kind of pull a little bit from everywhere, and it's evolved. 
really interesting stuff. Cool. And it was cool to see you guys come back in, uh, you know, over time you drop a track on SoundCloud and then the Darla uh, compilation. But like knowing that there's a new album and all the reissues are back and you guys are like talking about it, it's just all coming full circle <laughs> for me. <laughs> well, we're excited too. And it's like felt surreal that more and more people are finding out about the VDC. So, yeah, even we were just sort of um, oblivious to what was happening until a couple years ago. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty humbling for us. But that's pretty neat how in 2005, um, you said, was when yeah, you um, already enjoyed it. Because um, when that came out in early 2000s, not a whole lot of people liked it, really. <laughs> so for you to have liked it shortly, not too long from when it came out, that says a lot about how open you are to like strange and, you know, music that, you know, it's not so common i guess <laughs> but yeah full, I mean, full shouts to the record store employee he yeah. uh, he put me on to a lot of good stuff you know um he was a couple years older like probably like i was probably like 15 or 16 he was probably like 20 or 21 or something mm-hmm. you know um and when you work at a, i worked at a record store later it's like you know you get all the promos and you get the descriptions and you can you obviously know about music if you're working there um yeah. right right not the yeah. easiest job to get, but definitely one of the worst paying jobs I've ever had. <laughs> oh, yeah. I worked for a record store, too. It's true. They abuse you. And they, <laughs> cause oh, yeah. Especially a lot of the workers are young. So, yeah, they totally harass you and stuff. Take advantage. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, We're anti-record store on the podcast explicitly. There's a lot of war. I try not to. I try not to specifically uh, say the name of the actual store. One to promote it, or two because I feel like the owner is probably litigious. So I, uh, <laughs> I avoid that at all costs. Just paranoid. Um, well, so, you can't be too careful when you get fired for no reason. <laughs> so let's rephrase that. All record stores are awesome. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Awesome. That's what I. That's what I'm but, saying. How though? The one I worked for, they actually went bankrupt. It was like a chain, and so now they're gone. Oh, no. So I'm oh, not in man. danger of being sued no. if I do reveal what it was. <laughs> so you can be as mean as you want about that. They no longer have the funds. Yeah. They can't so pursue who, you. So who right. is it? Who, who is you want to know? Sure. It was this store <laughs> called The Warehouse. Ah. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is, is it, was it in Might San Francisco? Might be a West Coast thing. Um, it was in a suburb. In, in a suburb, I think it was called San, Le- San Lorenzo suburb of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I only lasted yeah. two or three months there, but yeah, that's uh, a <laughs> that seems like the story. I feel like the one I worked at, it took a really long time to get hired, and I worked there for a year and a half, almost two years, maybe. And uh, I feel like the owner. You know, I was an asset, but he didn't like, he had like personal issues with me. He had personal issues with everybody, but, uh, he did like, you know, he debated, he put off firing me probably when he wanted to, because I was like making them money and doing everything Mm. they said Uh, (laughs) for minimum wage, you know, Um, it is what it is. But speaking of record stores, like Darla's doing the reissues and, you know, they're coming out. I saw their shipping uh soon and you ha- you guys put out the new single 12 inch mm-hmm. um there's already a name for the new album mm-hmm. could you guys is is that everything under wraps or can you guys tell us a little bit about like what to expect with the new music i guess what i could say is that things are wrapped up and this for now it's just a waiting game hell yeah that's exciting <laughs> it's got to be exciting for you guys that you like you finish that process and it's just, it's out of your hands now. And you guys are just like waiting for the green light, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, kind of like, kind of like sending your kids to to college and you're just waiting for that diploma to show up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Dude. That happened to my partner. 
She graduated. Uh, she got her master's this past year, and it took like a full calendar year for them to ship the diploma. <laughs> she, crazy. She was like, "I literally don't have oh proof that I graduated from the school." If they just if they made them NFTs, you'd have them immediately. Apparently you know I mean? so. Apparently so. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, and they'd be worth something, you know. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Yeah, that um, that is definitely still true about NFTs. Well, <laughs> me with my creative writing Eng- English degree, it's gotten uh-huh. me very far. So. <laughs> I'm currently uh, an out of work bartender waiting for New York City to open back up on the first. <laughs> You're a podcaster, Jeff. I'm, I'm a podcaster. Yeah, that's what that's you true. are deep down inside. <laughs> deep I down. was born a podcaster. It finally, it's yeah. finally come out. You don't mm-hmm. have to attribute your day job to your entire, um, you know, existence in life. You're a podcaster, Jeff. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Say it just, I'm trying to. I, it's podcast Mad Libs. It's like it's a blank podcaster, and I'm trying to put professional in there. But mm-hmm. they're like, "Sorry, you already used professional earlier in the Mad Libs, so you need to figure out mm-hmm. another." I'm like, uh, am, um, semi-professional. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what yeah. this is. We'll see. <laughs> but either way, um, you guys are talking about how people are finding. Uh, velocity design comfort like lately and it's kind of had like it's like culturally found like a a pocket that's continually growing and you guys have only become like recently aware and i feel like jacob and i uh we make like niche music internet memes and i feel like over the past few years i've seen the artwork for that album like creeping into the memes over and over again it's becoming more and more of like a internet it's like a like the anti-hero of albums on the internet like everybody that hears it loves it but you know there's almost like a oh you haven't heard of this i need to expose it and put in a meme so everybody (laughs) can like check it out like are you guys aware of like the meme world kind of like invading the sweet trip world and it's like overlapping at all yeah, I think uh, like we, we have we have seen several memes uh, floating around. Um, and then they're they're all pretty funny. <laughs> they're, pretty, yeah. they're pretty amazing. We love the memes, even the ones that are um, critical of us or make fun of us. I totally love all of them. <laughs> like, bad ones, good ones, ones where people are all, you guys are overrated in everything. <laughs> it just. It just puts you guys like forefront in the conversation, you know, and even if it like I'll make Jacob and I will make memes where we're like making fun of one of our favorite bands. Like I have not made any negative sweet trip memes, but I've made I've like roasted bands I like in like a fun way. (laughs) And that's like honestly the flattery is like because meme culture is so like commentary based, I feel like even if you're saying something controversial about the artist, the fact that you selected that artist as part of the conversation, then people go and they check it out and form their own opinions. They're like, what's that album? I know all the other albums on the meme, but I I haven't heard that one. Let me check it out, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of really, really amplified uh, how often I see people talking about Sweet Trip is the meme internet mm-hmm. world, which is awesome because it's part of a world that I'm in the community and as somebody that found you guys prior to making memes or having any real internet presence, it's like, oh, cool. People, other people like this shit. Very, very cool. I need to talk to these people. Right. I mean, I think that's that's a really... That's a really awesome observation, and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll reveal how naive I am about things sometimes, but it's like I never, I never saw it that way. Not because I don't agree with it or, or not. It's just you know, it just like completely missed my brain. Um, but yeah, that's. I think that's. I think that makes sense. And 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 with that in mind, we, uh, you know, from this conversation, I'm gonna be more um, thankful of memes in general because regardless of what the meme is about, you know, whether it's good or bad, you know, any publicity is good publicity. Um, you know, um, <clears throat> we're, we're a band and we're passionate about the music that we do and we put our whole hearts 
into it. And that's number one, first and foremost. But at the same time, you know, we we also understand that there are things to take advantage and things that are beneficial to us. And that's a good way of seeing memes. Um, so yeah, go <laughs> it's like go for it. We don't care. <laughs> like and like like Valerie was saying, you know, like makes me laugh. Yeah, they're they're funny, and you know, <clears throat> even the ones that are that are poking fun of us are just hilarious. And yeah, you know, um, it if it helps somebody uh, go and listen to the record to see what the hell that meme is talking about, then more power to more power to us. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, um, especially with today's culture and technology, it's all about being able to get attention because there's so much availability, so much accessibility for people to post their music. But now you're like, you know, instead of vying for however many spots there are in like the local music magazine for like best of list. Now there's like a million places to end up on best of list. And it's cool because people have been able to find more niche audiences for what they're into and like places for it to review. But then there's so much weight also. Like I remember around that time when I found you guys, I also started reading like Pitchfork media reviews Mm. and it was when Pitchfork was like more independent, not owned by Condé Nast. And they would like, you know, I remember seeing like the jet album, the review was like an embedded YouTube video of a monkey drinking his own piss. And it's like, (laughs) that would never fly today. Classic journalism. You know, I think that would, I think that would happen. I think that would maybe yeah, happen again. Conde asked is actually not hoping they do it again soon. Oh uh, well, yeah. Pitchfork. From yeah, that perspective, you're right. No, like on another website, maybe, but not not, sure. not a Pitchfork. <laughs> but I mean, it was like with Pitchfork. Then it's like you take it with a grain of salt. Like I would mm-hmm. check out pretty much every band they reviewed, despite what the review said, because mm-hmm. they were reviewing cool music, whether they gave it a good rating or not. I mean. Mm-hmm. Not the jet, not the jet example, obviously, because that deserved the monkey piss video. (laughs) But, um, but you know, I would, I would check out everything and I would be like, I use this more as like a news source for Mm. things I want to see or check out. You know, I was probably, I was in high school. I lived in Florida. Like I was, nobody toured to South Florida. It was like impossible because you have to like hit every city on the way down and then Mm -hmm. driving back up takes forever. And what are you going to do? So it was like cool shows were like few and far between. There were like cool local acts, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, um, not until I moved to New York was I like completely surrounded by music every day of the week. Like if you could afford it, you could go to like one or two, three shows a night every night and find something fucking awesome. But yeah, uh, <laughs> right. I don't know. It's I mean, really, San Francisco is cool too. Yeah. San Francisco is cool. And, and that's, that's, that, that's really, it's really funny. It's like when we, when we started <clears> the, <throat> the whole world of media and how to get exposed to music was completely different from what it is now. And so like, you know, we had, we had that experience and we had our struggles of like trying to get our music, uh, heard and, and, and known and, and talked about, um, and so we were relying on well, we were, we were relying on like the first like music blogs from like the late '90s and things like that to um, to to help us and to, to spread the word. Um, and then um, and there were also local some a couple local magazines in San Francisco that also um, uh, wrote preferable words about us, and that was that was really great. I think one of them was uh, Accelerator, um, who are now like. A, a huge, a huge media conglomerate. <laughs> um, but then, it, but then it's, it's also funny, you know. Like we have, we had this, this, that struggle of trying to expose ourselves in media and things like that in the late '90s into the early 2000s, and then we stopped. Yeah. And then during that time, disappeared altogether. Yeah, we disappeared altogether. <laughs> during that time, I think that you know, we sort of more or less saw how the internet was taking over exposure of music. Um, not really, not completely understanding, but we, we saw the change. And so we were aware of that. And then as soon, and then as, soon as we got back together in 2019, um, it was like joining a new era completely uh, of like how to like promote your music, how to like be heard uh, and put stuff out. It was kind of like, 
Um, <clears throat> even though uh, between that gap of like the, the late nineties and now we were aware of how things were developing. It was sort of like, at the same time, it was like a huge jump, like from yeah. one style of publication and media into like what we have now, yeah. which seems, which now it's, you know, what, at least for our experience, what drives things the most are word of mouth, um, DOI, uh, uh, aesthetics, um, you know, um, groundswell from from fans and, and people who enjoy the music. And it seems, well, I don't know, at least for me, with that change, like I put less um, authority on publications um, and way more weight on what normal people yeah, actually everyday say. people yeah more so than publishers or already established media um, websites or publications it's true like all the all the attention we received it's because of these 18 year old kids who <laughs> who have their own blog or yeah, it's not like we're getting known f- by the the famous um, pitchfork or anything like that. It's not those. Mm-hmm. It's just the kids, the, like the young people, and their high school blogs and things like that. <laughs> I think it's, it's more like it's more trustworthy to a lot of people. Just if it's from a more like normal source, you know, like whether mm-hmm. it's. I don't know, like a message board back back in the day or now, like we were talking about meme pages popularizing mm-hmm. bands. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know, even a meme page is more down to earth sometimes than like a magazine or something. Yeah, and influencing, think, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- and I think I think the I think the um I think what normal people say actually comes from the heart, whereas like uh um Someone from someone who works for Pitchwork, at, you know, whatever they write about us is going to come from the mind, from the head. You know, it's going to be right. an intellectual kind of review where people who um, say good things or bad things, regardless, you know, um, it's also it's going to come from that gut reaction, um, yep. which mm-hmm. is like 100 percent more meaningful. It's like when uh, when we released uh, our single Walkers Beware um that got reviewed on pitchfork and that was like the first time that i think we were mentioned on pitchfork ever and i was like oh great that's cool <laughs> whereas like maybe like in 2001 i would have been like oh my god we're on pitchfork <laughs> <laughs> i think like the people who like are probably doing reviews for pitchfork now are probably the same people that like 10 or 11 years ago like saw your album on like an image board or something like that and were exposed to it that way. I know that like me personally, I found Sweet Trip in probably like 2011 just browsing the like 4chan music image board where people were making collages of like their favorite albums. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing um, uh, Velocity and like just like the the look of the album. I hadn't heard the music at all, but it was more just like how the album cover looked. I was like, I think I want to check this out. And like, it's been what, 10 years now since, but it's like, just it's, and it's almost like the most traditional form of marketing too. It's like the cover itself being the thing that can kind of transcend things also. It's like, you see just this like visual thing and you want to see what's like, what's the the thing packaged behind it that um, is kind of like covered up by it, I guess. But yeah, I think, um, it, it it's interesting to think that maybe like some of the like reviewers now, I mean now, cause I mean like that's, I'm, I'm 27, 28. Um, I don't remember how old I am, but uh, <laughs> I feel like it's like those young. people were probably my age um, back when they like discovered Sweet Trip, maybe. I don't know. The writers of Pitchfork? No, yeah. the writers of Pitchfork are your age. Right yeah, that's now, what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's how they might've discovered it too. Maybe we're going to have, that's why they were talking about Sweet Trip now. Because the older albums, you don't see any reviews in them because I think it was out of their conscious. But now mm-hmm. it's like, it's one of those things that it's like so legendary, I guess, now at this point. Reminds me a lot of like Slint, where it's like one of those albums that kind of came out a while ago. 
Word of and mouth, like, yeah. Exactly. It's just like everybody's like, this is like an album that you absolutely have to listen to. And everyone's like, I've never heard of it. And they do. And then slowly never heard of it becomes, oh yeah, I've totally heard of that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's cool too, because you guys like throughout your career, you know, the first album's very ambient, part of the Bliss Out volume 11, you know, um, ambient stuff. And then you moved into like IDM stuff. And from there, like, started combining everything and then the next album was that with a pop push like you know it's it's really interesting like bands that can evolve genres but always have that core that's like unique to them like i always think of like boris like you know the japanese like metal band but they've done like shoegaze albums they've done like drone albums that you know they can do anything and it's just like oh that's boris it sounds like boris you know mm-hmm. and i think you guys have like done a great job of doing that where it's like everything you touch has your own little style no matter what you're doing with it and it's recognizable to your fans you know they can pick up right away like oh that's sweet trip or like you know no one else is doing something like this. Like I'm excited to see what sweet trip is going to do in 2021 with like an album. Like, you know, we've had teasers, like, like I got the, the 12 inch. Thank you. But, um, you know, second time Jeff showing it on camera. It happened to be in my, uh, he flashed. It didn't get the reaction. My records are, well, we were mid-conversation before. My records are in the other room uh, where my partner is working right now. So it happened to be in, like, the three records that are out in this room right now. So I was like, oh, I'll just grab that. But, um, you know. Super casual, dude. Super casual. Super casual. We believe that's a real album, not like a a digital, um, like, what do you kind of. Jeff just made it as a prop. Yeah, like it's just a digital. I'm holding up, yeah, thing. I'm holding up the green <laughs> screen. And I, no, yeah. Jeff just has an iPad. It's like, yo, this is the twelve. Yeah, it's, it's like just yeah. the album cover, computer just graphic camera filter. Thing. And it's so see cool. A, we see him moving the the, the, the images by the finger, going like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, oh like, wait, <laughs> sorry, wrong wrong album cover. I need to Google this real quick. Sorry. I know you start like flipping left and right. Like, Hold on, no, there's no. an assistant. <laughs> There's an assistant in that chair animating over. He's, he's doing live <laughs> animation. Our intern. Our intern, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing one of those, like, body suits that you wear for, like, uh, CG for yeah, full body green CG. screen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That would be sick. We have a huge VFX budget on this audio-only podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, you know. Well... It's this. It's the quality we maintain that allows us to live this lifestyle. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so uh, good to got, you. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's real. That's insane. <laughs> Did not no, see coming. Jacob, is that yeah. that uh, limited edition pressing? Like real life. Yeah, it looks. <laughs> the it looks. It looks. It looks. You know, it's too yeah. good, it looks too NFT good to be true, version. dude. Really yeah, do. yeah, it's the I NFT. Oh God! <laughs> Thank <laughs> one, you. One of one on Discogs. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'll be funny if we uh, if we release like a like a placemat for for dishes. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah for Wait, <laughs> that's the funniest merch idea. <laughs> That would be sick as like a promo item that come like when I worked at the record store, they had like promo items. Yeah. The first like hundred people got like a little bonus thing. Like, you know, there, there's been interesting ones like, uh, you can wrap it the same. (laughs) 12 by 12. Speedy Ortiz did like little, like, uh, they were like fortune telling birds that like curl up in your hand, like random little, Promo <laughs> items, you know, I've seen all kinds of shit. What you guys can do a placemat. That'd what be very cool. <laughs> well, I like to cook and it's like, what about an apron or, oh. or so I don't know, some useful stuff because things wind up as junk after a while and you're like sure. clutter and so they make it useful anyway. Something useful. Right. Yeah. I um yeah. I feel like people cook to sweet trip. It could be a whole you guys could do like a music <laughs> video where you're cooking <laughs> and wearing the aprons. That would be pretty sick. <laughs> to fruitcake and cookies. Uh, yeah. If you're baking or chocolate matter. <laughs> if you're making chocolate souffle. 
That would be cool. I'd be into that. I feel like one tour, like Jamie Stewart from Shushu, who like baked home, like baked chocolate and sold oh, it on wow. the tour. Oh, wow. Like homemade <laughs> chocolate. It's kind of cool. Good idea. Yeah. Let's do yeah. that too. Yeah. Would be interesting. 2021 tour. Would you buy food from a band? <laughs> like, that's the question of, of marketability at a show. Merch tables like going to a bake sale. <laughs> yeah. We will find out if they worked as like kitchen line cooks or chefs and then totally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think if you, um, you guys are in California, if you guys market it as like a weed, like a sweet trip, you know, like a candy <laughs> that takes you on a trip, like a lollipop, I would buy it. Oh, like a THC. There you go. You could call them sweet trips. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. I would buy that. Maybe like a THC, uh, Rainbow popsicle. Yes. There's a market. Yeah. There's a lot. You guys, if you guys did a line of like THC Sweet Trip products with some like random company, you guys need to find the Darla records of the weed industry in California <laughs> and like par- partner up with them and put out some some products because yeah. I would buy that. I mean, Me too. <laughs> New York legalized it, it so. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, the interesting thing is the the name Sweet Trip, it did kind of start out um, from like a Panam- or Spanish translation of, you know, like weed or no, LSD. LSD. <clears throat> so in, in a, a slang for LSD in Panama, where I'm from, um, translated into English as the Tasty Trip. But that to me, that sounded really corny. So I just changed Tasty to sweet <laughs> and yeah i mean that rules and that's, and that's so stuck. Uh, when there's a tv version of your band in some uh, hbo series and they have they hire you to be on the show but you don't want to go by sweet trip <laughs> that's what you'll be in the show <laughs> taste the tasty <laughs> trip <laughs> and only yeah. only listeners to this podcast will know when you That's guys are on uh, West Westworld season four. <laughs> oh my god. Right. You guys could do Westworld music. No, I feel Twin like Peaks season four, dude. Sweet mm. trip in the in the uh in the uh in the roadhouse. Yeah, that could work, but the glit the glitchy you guys could do some glitches for the Westworld when the robots, the hosts are like I've glitching never seen out. Westworld. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I'd say watch the first season and then maybe that's it. But yeah. uh yeah. pretty first decent. Season. First season was was decent. I think if we were to do a soundtrack board, uh, um, Twin Peaks. I was about to say it backwards, like Big Twin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're in you're in the mindset. I'm in the mindset. <laughs> yeah, I think that if we were to do the soundtrack for uh, Twin Peaks, um, it will probably make me want to watch the show like once and for all because oh, I've yeah. given it. I've given it a chance like a hundred times and I just can't get into it. Sorry. And I'm sorry. that I'm, I'm sure that's pretty controversial for people. Well, it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a very unique show. So it's, mm-hmm. if it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit, you know, what no, can you do? no press is bad press. Just the fact that you said twin peaks and you almost said it backwards. It's enough for the, the <laughs> right. fans out there. I downloaded it. I enjoyed it. It was good yeah, for me. Okay. I liked it. You did? Yeah. yeah, I did. Why didn't you tell me that you weren't into it? No, no, I never watched it before. When the first time it came out, I, um, well, I was younger, but I guess uh, I kind of like always have short attention span that I'm like, move on to the next. It was really slow for me at first, Mm -hmm. but then recently, only like a year or ago, my friends, they kept telling me to watch it. So I watched it as a more mature person and I kind of understood. Like the jokes and what's, you know, the appeal. Yeah. So I appreciated it a whole lot more that I watched it. Yeah. And I feel like go. Twin Peaks is sim- similar to Sweet Trick in as much as like. Told me to watch. Oh, in as much as like a <laughs> 90s revival that the internet like culture kind of brought back into the forefront. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like Twin Peaks fans, like the young Twin Peaks fans, there's a lot of them that like Twin Peaks is part of their identity. And I feel like Tumblr and a lot of like the social media platforms kind of brought that about maybe like 10 years ago. Like when I was in college, I remember like going on like early, like Tumblr was like new and it's just like agent Cooper, agent Mm -hmm. Cooper, Wes Anderson, you know, just Mm -hmm. like the niche film indie, but like mainstream indie Mm -hmm. kind of people found that world. And the way that's evolved over the past 10 years. Now the fandoms for things that, 
like, you know, time is circular. Like the nineties are big again. Oh like, yeah. This fashion, happen. even this clothes. And like, Hey, I used to wear those big pants like that. And those <laughs> neon t-shirts and the kind of raver scene. Look, yeah. Yeah. smiley face. That's all coming it, back. It is. Yeah. And even bands are like parodying, like, clueless and in like popular music videos and shit it's like very Mm. now which makes sense you know and it's also weird because of how like far the internet has gone but that was like the new era like getting like the aol fucking cds like the sample (laughs) cds you know dial-up sounds it's like it's trendy now but i feel like in terms of technology, we've really gone like 50 years past then, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. it's only been 20. It just feels yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. It feels really crazy. I, I think, well, I don't know if it's especially for us, but especially for me, um, it, it feels really crazy because, you know, like back in the 90s, um, back in the 90s when we were making music, you know, what was what was back in, in fashion was like stuff from the 60s and early 70s and also the 80s, um, and it, it, you know, as a addendum, it seems like the eighties are never going away, which is awesome, but still, um, you know, so like when we were making music and we were like hanging out and, uh, doing all that stuff, you know, that's, that's the, that was like the retro thing that we were exposed to. And then, you know, things, you know, the years progress and things start to change and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, like 2015, like, I'm like, we're seeing like the nineties coming back. We're like, and, and, at least to me, it's kind of surreal because it's like an era that that we lived in that we, in a way, kind of like shed off, you know, because of growing up maturity and all this stuff. Or, well, maybe not maturity, but just growing up. Um, and then it's kind of weird to like go out into the street and hang out and, yeah, and see, see like, these kids that dress exactly like how we were doing it yeah. <laughs> like in high school. Or- yeah. Yeah. In, in music, it's got to be in, validating, huh? It's got to feel mu- good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, darn, yeah. I wish I still had my shirt from my, my mother gave it away. And like, I could still fit that one. I know. I it's probably worth two. like like 10 grand on Depop or Grailed <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah. Like was, vintage, original. Yeah, yeah right. I was missing, I was missing my, my super baggy, long ass, destroyed raver jeans the other day but i was like well they probably won't fit by now at this point but still but then i see you guys wearing the same pants and the same overalls and like oh my god that's i want that (laughs) (laughs) you guys played like the rave scene in san francisco i feel like you guys came up kind of in like that electronic like party scene like less than like the indie rock world like did you guys dress did you did your fashion represent the scene you were within even though you guys were doing your own like unique thing no yeah yeah, we were dressing more like we would wear sneakers like before the cool sneakers that everybody wanted were those dc shoes and then oh yeah i remember we'd wear like the cargo pants yes yeah, because they're so practical. You don't need to, you can stick anything in the, like, your entire wardrobe could fit in those, the, the cargo pants, like, all your everything. <laughs> yeah, Sony, everything. Yeah, exactly. So we would wear that stuff. Meanwhile, the rock shows, we'd see the kid, uh, the young people in their skinny jeans and their, like, emaciated kind of rock star look. So, yeah, you're right. We didn't really fit in. Uh, Fashion-wise. I'm trying to picture you guys, like, if if you, like, ever got paired with, like, a Darla Records, like, twee pop band, because they had, like, they they played the whole spectrum of music. So Mm -hmm. there was, like, one of my favorite bands, it was, like, there was that dude in Barcelona, and then they became that band Sprites that was on Darla. And it was, Mm -hmm. like, computer kind of twee pop, Mm -hmm. but it was, like... um, very like nerdy, like singing songs about like George R- Romero and like you know, um, like picking up like uh routers at the mall, mm-hmm. getting dropped <laughs> off by your parents and shit. I don't know, very like <laughs> weird, but they were they were adults. But like, I'm trying to picture like shows where it's like you guys with like 
a bunch of people dressed like Belle and Sebastian. <laughs> like <around laughs> yeah, that's, desk, like very quiet. That's true, though. It's true. Yeah. We, we were in shows like that where the the girls had the bobs, like the mod modster style, and yeah, mm-hmm. here we were in our t-shirts and loose baggy clothes. It's sort of like <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> and we played we played with um, bands of different styles because yeah. um, <clears throat> I don't know we. It was hard for us to fit in um, in like shows uh, because we were like all over. We were really like all over the place. Like like you know, I'm sure people were like like What are you? Are you are you guys like an electronic band? Are you guys an ambient band? Are you a shoegaze band? Like what the hell are you? Um, so we played with goth bands. We played with metal bands. We played with rock bands, like alternative kind of grungy bands. We played um, with twee bands indie pop bands um we played you know we we played with for we opened for the brian johnston massacre once and that was odd um and we played with ambient like darla record dollar records like ambient acts and twee bands um and, yeah. and things like that and then we also got invited to play at you know dj type um <coughs> events at uh, yeah, like more, st- more electronic, and when we would do that, we would play stuff from the Allura record. Mm-hmm. So then we could at least change hats or be like, okay, we'll play these set of songs instead of the more pop stuff. Or so we kind of fit the music to the audience and the hosts, what kind of style they were. So we ch- sort of f- were flexible in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, I and love that. At the same time, I think that people were kind of like confused. Yeah, so we didn't yeah get invited too much to play with a certain group because they weren't sure what. Right, exactly. I think well, we. I feel like every show, it's like even if, I love that when a band doesn't fit the bill because I feel like playing a bunch of shows with a bunch of different bands and different like scenes, then like you find the the real music heads in each of those scenes and they all gravitate towards you. And then like real, like the musical people find you rather than the people that are like, I only listen to punk or I only listen to goth. Yeah. You find the people mm-hmm. that like everything, you mm-hmm. know? Right. It's kind That's of a good true. strategy. <laughs> it's a, it's a good strategy and it's, 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 a, it always, it was always beneficial for that, that really small subset of people that let's say, and, and, a typical show would be like one and a half. Um, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> you know? two, three people. <laughs> <laughs> whereas the, the whereas the from our experiences, more the the rest of the audience will be like, okay, this is not fitting what I perceive to witness at the show. So I'm gonna go back to the bar, or I'm gonna talk buy, to my friends yeah, while you play. Or like if uh, we, yeah, we played a we played a rave where like. Uh, six or seven bands of that at that rave were like trans bands and we were like doing our sweet trip thing and that was that was kind of the case you know people were like dancing to their trans to, to trans music and it was really awesome we were dancing too and then we came on and then it was just like <laughs> <laughs> except for that one and a half person in the middle <laughs> yeah you change all the oscillators to super saws, so you're ready to go. You're like, we we transified the whole set. <laughs> yeah, we should have done that. Too. Yeah, like a trans big old detune super saw. Just a fully improv impromptu trance attempt. Yeah, to try to get the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> just beat, yeah, beat, just beatboxing. They won't know. They won't yeah, know we could have done that. <laughs> you like get on get on the microphone and just go like. Yeah, one of you does that. the The other person tries to look like really involved on the knobs, and no one's gonna be. No, no one's gonna know. No one's gonna. Know. Oh my god, air, air knobs. That's how Bjork made Medulla, actually. Uh, right. You know. cool. Yes. All oh, right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> she, Rozelle was just beatboxing at the party, and they were just like, "Slow it down. We'll throw it on. Throw it on the record." Um, <laughs> awesome. Uh, no, but it's interesting too because I feel like that. 90s dance scene i feel like not everyone went necessarily for the performers like it was part of their experience but it was also about like the experience of like like taking drugs and being out and like moving however like 
your body feels. I feel like it, a lot of those shows in that scene were less like centered on the performers and more about like the experience of just being there. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of people, you know, it's hard to gauge a reaction when people are dancing and talking to their friends. It's like, oh, they're not really paying attention to us, but like it really, you guys are really like fueling how they're acting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, That's I hope true. So. Yeah. Yeah. We hope so. <laughs> I guess some it's songs weird. more than others, you could tell it's an experience and then some other of our songs with more guitars than that you you could definitely see the differentiation with how people reacted depending on what which song we played because mm-hmm. although i did say we tried to play the appropriate songs for the occasion every now and of course we would still mix in um the other stuff that may not be a hundred percent that style or but yeah yeah and we didn't have like you know i guess the 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 negative negative side to, to this conversation the negative side about having uh our work like spread out all over the place is that it's really hard to pick what actually works yeah uh, what songs to play yeah. in. and we don't have and at the same time we don't have that many so we don't have that many choices to present to to an audience right so we had yeah, to then. we'll have to like just as much as possible depending on who we played with and for um but you know our options were also limited so it's you know it's 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 not like now that we could probably like like if we were gonna if we were to be invited to play in an electronic show we'd probably try to gear it more towards the electronic sound of things and we do have the material to to do so and and you know and whatever else other style or a festival or concert or whatever you know we have the material to sort of like um do do the best way to represent us um in front of people but back then it was you know we didn't have that flexibility yeah, yeah. you guys got to get involved with the minecraft shows like the, oh my gosh like the yeah. live video game performances you are like the fourth person just within the last three days <laughs> suggesting we me. do the minecraft i mean and yesterday you guys are i asked robbie about checks. that you guys are hitting all the checks on the list. Like you got the the young internet meme kids like hooked. Like they're look, waiting for more. You guys are coming back. I think you guys should do like a maybe when that the new album fun. gets announced, like a little concert for the people. Mm-hmm. And it's cool, you know, because it removes that. Like I feel like those concerts are cool because it removes that level of like directly being there where you have to be so so like in it in the moment but you still have all those people like connecting and you can like see a visual representation of that better than like you know doing like a live on youtube where you just see like a number of people Mm -hmm. watching there's like people moving and like dancing and shit albeit with their fingers but (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's interesting i think Mm -hmm. we'll we'll explore it i guess yeah we have no idea how that will work so but we'll we'll explore it explore it. we have connections not, if you need I'm to not a gamer <laughs> they're the gamers okay <laughs> it's accusatory uh, we'll, we'll hit you up with uh for feedback or suggestions absolutely <laughs> yeah we have um our, our friend umer is part of like pc music and help put on a lot of that stuff so oh, cool with the 100 decks and you know ag cook and all of that Mm-hmm. Uh, PC music stuff, but yeah, yeah I uh, if you guys put on that, I will uh, fully invest and buy a console and get get involved. So <laughs> there, the other two hosts are uh, they're cheering you guys on, hoping that they can turn me into a gamer. We have a lot more to talk about in the podcast, Jeff. That's true. See, you said it's recorded now. You said you will buy a console. <laughs> they heard you. <laughs> It, this is locked and loaded. Everyone will hear this, Jeff. Mark your words. I can only be held accountable if I say it out loud on the podcast. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. It's like when you start a diet or you quit cigarettes, you have to tell everybody so they yell at you when you they see you doing it. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Well, sorry to put you on the spot. We're we are not gamers, so <laughs> so we're not yet. We're, we're kind of like wiping our hands clean. We'll do, we'll do a CGI. Con- 
Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Wow, you guys have a PS5. That's amazing. It's so. (laughs) It's it looks a little smaller than uh, normal, but it's okay. (laughs) Pretty cool. Well, I'd love to have like a pact with you guys where we like if something in the world happens, like me and Sweet Trip become gamers together at the same time or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Support each other and help each other. What does this button do? I want to tell you. A literal dream come true. If you told me when I was 15, it's like, you know what? In uh, in 17 years, you're going to have some verbal contract with this band that you just discovered. And you guys are going to play video games together and learn wow. together. I think that's so beautiful. It really is. So crying. I'm Tears my oh, eyes. Man. I like the idea of doing the the 3D characters for the live stream. You have like the the face the facial motion cap with your webcam yeah. on Twitch or something because they have all those like fake streamers that are real people's voices but they're like the characters they've created in like the the variety of facial motion capture software that exists now. But imagine sweet crit I mean you guys could do like a like kind of a gorilla style thing where you have just uh you have your yeah. own little <laughs> digital crazy. personas. You I through. think uh, Craftwork was the, at least uh, that I'm aware of, is the first uh, band to use any sort of virtual representation of themselves because mm. they had mannequins of themselves playing mm. the instruments on yeah. stage. True. Yeah. Analog. You guys could also, you guys could also like make it so there's like a hundred of you guys, so nobody knows how many members are actually in the band. Do like a polyphonic spree, a virtual <laughs> polyphonic spree situation, <laughs> and then you know, and then maybe like like Valerie Valerie number fifteen will punch Valerie number twenty one because she sang out of key. Or <laughs> Yo, Matrix Four. <laughs> Matrix Four, you know, it could be all a tie-in. When I, I went to San Francisco in um, February last year, right before the lockdown, and they were filming Matrix Four like all over San Fran, like so many mm. sh- things were like shut down oh, for yeah. Matrix. Wow. But it, it was like right before COVID, so I'm lucky to have gotten that vacation in. But San Fran's great. Uh, I love it out there. Very awesome. fun. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, crooked street. Did you go to that? <laughs> yeah, Lombard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we did that. I did, you know, we did Mirror Woods. We did it all. Oh, good. It was, it was great. Uh, awesome. I, we went, we saw, I, I went to Swedish uh, Swedish American Club or whatever. Yeah, or music, music Hall. Yeah. Music Hall and, you know, Miba, everything. Did the whole, the whole trip. Record the best part. Once the best again. part was the, uh, the, the weed dispensaries and the the like weed bars that you could smoke in. Like mm-hmm. there was a couple that you could go and there was like smoking rooms and they put you at a table with like other people and you're just chilling. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That shit was fucking, you know, New York doesn't have anything like that. I have to, I have to mm-hmm. got hide the in menu my apartment. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. very cool. Oh. Um, I'd like to come back out there sometime. Oh yeah. Let us know when you are back out. You come uh, meet you. Absolutely. Say hi. And stuff. For sure. Yeah, we definitely. We won't play any games. <laughs> <laughs> Safe space for Jeff. No gaming consoles in sight. I'll have you guys sign my my virtual record, my virtual oh, yeah. album. <laughs> Amazing. You guys sign my files. They're mm-hmm. they're flack. Um, do you guys have anything you want to plug? Obviously, you guys have a new record coming out. Tell people where they can find you, where they can find the latest drops, the the latest Sweet Trip drops on a. Uh, new stuff coming out the streamline sure um so right now what we have out is our single walkers beware um we drive into the sun um that's available on vinyl um and it's still available um so go out and get it so you can splash it all over your screen the next uh if you ever (laughs) join an awesome podcast like this um our we're, we're finally shipping um, the vinyl reissue of You Will Never Know Why. Uh, that took a while um, because of uh, technical complications, but it's out there. It's it's being shipped. Um, go out and buy it. Um, you will get a copy now. Um, I think that we are working on repressing the reissue of Velocity Design Comfort. Um, I don't have a date for when the next pressings are going to come out, but they will come out. Um, unfortunately, 
Fortune, well, I guess yeah, Fortune it's sold out, but yeah. there are still CD versions. Oh yeah, get a CD. I pre-ordered. <laughs> I pre-ordered. I'm I'm waiting on the reissue, but it's an album that people that want it they don't mind waiting as long as they secure it in their cart. They're happy. It's coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But again, it's uh, VDC sold out. Fortunate for us, unfortunately for you guys, but it, it will, it will come out uh, soon and um, stay tuned for an announcement for the, the new the record, new record. Um, a tiny house in secret speeches, polar equals. Um, you know, we don't have a set date, for when that's going to happen, but um, it will happen soon. fairly soon. Yeah, yeah. very soon. Yeah, <laughs> this year at least. This year. This year, not next year. Yeah, not next year. <laughs> I'm turning on notifications from you guys so I can I can hear it <laughs> immediately. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I recommend everybody do the same, and if you don't, you might as well just stop listening to this podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, because so we're in the final so moments and if you've gotten this far you should be as committed as we are but um i want to say thanks again guys for coming no, on no that was enjoyable thank you yeah. you guys yeah, are so funny i mean it was like like so funny like i really had fun so yeah thank you so much of course awesome. Awesome. yeah, yeah. <laughs>